He doesn't want to answer like a robot, and he doesn't want you to move like one either. Episode 4 of the Call Me Coach podcast features Director of Training from Waring's Gym in Virginia Beach, Chris Ullum. While his list of credentials is long and decorated, as a patron of Waring's Gym myself, I can personally say Chris was one of the first coaches I wanted to talk to. This is not only for his knowledge of athletic training or strength and conditioning, but he has done a tremendous job in the development of an amazing team of well-rounded coaches at Waring's. While this is a short episode, it is packed with great info from Chris, and I hope you all enjoy. Start off, you know, we all started somewhere. How did you get started in coaching? What got you interested in it? I guess I was at Old Dominion, and uh, I was unsure what my major was going to be. And I thought this, I thought that, I wasn't sure. Well, then I got an injury. I actually dislocated my shoulder and ended up having surgery and uh, never really been to a doctor. I'd never had a sports injury. So, and then they sent me to physical therapy. And uh, it was humbling because I was so weak from having a surgery and injury and just had a really cool physical therapist who um, not only helped me really rehabilitate my shoulder, but kind of got me into exercise. I saw my body change, I felt better about myself, and I thought, man, what a cool profession it is. So uh, I thought I wanted to get into physical therapy. Well, when you don't go into college knowing you want to be a physical therapist, you don't get the grades you need to be a physical therapist. So it's like, well, I, you know, Old Dominion had like, 60 spots and they got like 1200 applications i didn't have the grades to do it so what else can i do so um my doctor said you should try sports medicine so that's what i did i really enjoyed it i ended up becoming an athletic trainer um and so to me that's really it's still coaching you know what i mean it's not coaching a team but you're coaching people on how to improve themselves so um i've been working in the high schools for a few years at that point and I noticed every August, my training room was full of football players. Two weeks in, and I got 40 football players. And after a few years of this, I'm like, what is going on? And it, I just realized, you know, the kids just aren't in shape. They, they're terribly unfit. They've done nothing all summer. Now they come in for two a days, three a days. So I said, you know, I need to take the, that upon myself. So that's when I looked into becoming a strength and conditioning coach. That was probably... Man, maybe 99. Um, I got certified through the NSCA to be a, a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So I started my own business and I started coaching athletes, you know, speed and uh, agility, uh, strength and fitness. And that was really kind of my first time I started coaching, kind of, you know, from that point of view. What is it the most athletes do incorrectly that you've seen so far? I've seen that kind of change over the last 10 years. Okay. Um, and I blame technology. Like, technology's great, but, you know, like when I was, I'm, almost, I'm going on 50, right? When I was a kid, I mean, we didn't sit around in the house playing video games. We were climbing trees, riding bikes, playing every sport. We'd make up our own sports. Like, there's nothing to do inside. We had six channels on the TV, so we were just doing everything. Um, now, and I gotta say, if the video games were as good when I was a kid, I would probably be in the same boat. Sure. I mean, they're phenomenal. Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe oh. them. But unfortunately, they sit a lot. They all have phones. So now they're in this, like, just poor posture. You know what I mean? Their back is rounded, their head's forward. So they're sitting in hip flexion. Their hips lock up. Their glutes don't work. So 
Um, I see it not just with kids, but because we're such a um, office-dominated culture, people just sit way too much. So the classic things are poor ankle mobility, uh, poor hip mobility, lack of glute strength, poor thoracic spine mobility, poor head posture. And when you have all that going on, you don't move very well. You compensate. If one joint can't do what it's supposed to, well, I'll just rob that motion from another joint. So I see what I call postural dysfunction. Right? Okay. That's the main thing. Everybody, whether you're an athlete or somebody works in an office all day, it's becoming really kind of an epidemic. Since, you know, and I'll do my full disclaimer that, like, I'm a patron of the gym and all that, right. but since I've come here, I've had four or five things that I would have called, like, commandments of the weight room dispelled. Um, you know, what, what's something that you come in or you see or people that come in that people have just been taught that are it's just, it's just off? Yeah, yeah. So, um, back in the probably 60s, um, you had these old strong men, right? And um, they just, they picked up heavy things and moved them around, right? That was kind of how people worked out. Um, fast forward to the 80s, and two things happened. Uh, ESPN got on cable, right? And then uh, Nautilus got really big. Um, I won't go into the whole Nautilus yeah. thing, but they, they were trying to match the strength curve, the human strength curve, so they came up with this cam system to do that. So everybody was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. So um, two things happened. People saw bodybuilding on TV, because ESPN was the first one to really show it. And these people have amazing bodies. So I said, well, how did they get that body? I, I want to train like that. So people started training like a bodybuilder, right? Then when Nautilus came around, people said, oh, I can sit on this machine and push this bar. Like the whole idea to me, like, let's sit down and get fit. <laughs> like that just blows me away. But so now what happens is people, um, they chase muscles around because bodybuilding got big and that has been passed down from the 80s. Like, dudes still come, I know I got chest and tricep day, back and bicep day, yeah, yeah. that third day is legs, right? <laughs> That's how bodybuilders train. Um, bodybuilders don't particularly move very well. If you've ever, uh, you know, like I play basketball with some guys who are really into bodybuilding. It's like they're robots, you know, they're so <laughs> stiff, they just don't move. Like, we should train movements, not muscles, right? I learned one of my mentors is got Vern Gambetta. He's an old track and field coach, brilliant guy. Um, and that's one of his tenets, like train movements, not muscles. You know, your brain understands patterns of movement, not individual muscles. So to sit there and oh, I'm gonna do, you know, I gotta do biceps, I gotta do forearms, I gotta do triceps. I mean, bodybuilders spend three hours a day in the gym. Most dudes don't do that, right? Use big, basic human movement patterns. Push, pull, step, squat, hip hinge. Uh, that's the biggest thing. People still come in and train like bodybuilders. Like, oh, what are you wearing? Oh, I want to get better at surfing. Why do you train like a bodybuilder? Yeah. So that's what that's that kind of um, mindset that I really try to get people out of. Train the human body the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is because you know I I grew up in athletics. Every nobody lifted the same. You know, every right. every sport, nobody wanted to work with the same coach. Nobody wanted to do the same same exercises and I always wondered why I'm like aren't we all trying to be better athletes right um, and that's something that's, I've especially seen here in the gym that you know most often as I look around I'm like well that you know that guy's really fit it's not the biggest guy 
it's somebody that's really learned how to master a movement and, and I feel like all the you know, smallest muscles are all working together to make them as fit as possible I just always found that, that yeah, to yeah. Be really cool uh, what would you say is your coaching philosophy I know that you know, I take class with you and, and you know it's generally the same in that there's a structure to it but when you go into a coaching session what is it that you're hoping to accomplish and how do you prepare one so it, it kind of depends on uh, what I'm going to coach right so Friday morning the class I teach it's you know 30 to 55 year old folks who um, have been working all week I want you I always tell at the beginning of every class there's three things uh, work as hard as you possibly can don't get hurt and have fun like, that's my philosophy behind every training session um, but if I'm coaching kids it's a little different you know with kids it's, it's a little more of a learning environment like I need to teach you how to move a little better Friday morning man let's just have fun let's crank the music up I want you guys to sweat I'm gonna put you in a position hopefully and teach you enough where you won't get hurt although we can't prevent injuries all we can do is reduce the their incidents um, but in the end we got to have fun you know I think um, with the statistics, it's like less than 20% of the population belongs to a fitness facility of some kind. Right? Wow. So 80% of the population, they don't even exercise. So just find something you enjoy doing. Like if you're not, don't do it even if you hate it. I don't care if you love Zumba. If you love Zumba, well go out and do Zumba, man. Just have fun. So um, I think you gotta be smart about it. You, you gotta do things the right way, but in the end, like, let's just have some fun and get healthy. What are some great ways you know you found that allows people who, like you said, the gym is just another thing on the calendar for some people, um, or or it can feel that way. What what are some strategies you have that do try to make things fun? Is it is it involve getting people out of their comfort zone, or does it involve competition, or is it a combination of things? Uh, I think the biggest thing is the culture you create in your gym, right? It's more than extras, I think most people want to feel like they belong to something. You know, I think that's why Waring's is the oldest gym in the, in the country. It's their culture. So when you come and you feel like, man, I'm just hanging out with my friends and my family, it doesn't feel as much like work. Um, when you walk in the door, if the person in the front desk, Chad, how you doing today? Good to see you. Like, where else in your day do you walk in and people call you by name every every you come up the stairs? Oh, hey, Chad, how's it going? Like, I think that's the best people to get people engaged. They feel like they're just hanging out with their friends. And I don't care what I do with my friends. If I'm with my friends, I'm having a good time. Unless oh. maybe I'm, like, doing my taxes or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. um, I think it's more the culture. You know, yeah, you gotta have you got to have good music, right? you got to have instructors that are enthusiastic and positive and not browbeating everybody. Um, you have to uh, kind of create a nurturing environment. But I think the main thing is just make people feel like they're part of the family and does that i'm sure that does tie in some ways i mean i know that in class last week you talked about you know having jimmy and savannah there and what is have you done anything specifically that has helped build such a strong staff because it's really hard to go in i know in the places that i've worked out in the past or in the weight room at the college i work you talk to five people you get five different things here it's very much the same uh, is, is that is that obviously it's intentional but uh, what are some things that have have led to that 
Well, you know, I think the staff, uh, especially the coaches, but also with the managers, we, we get together once a week. Um, every staff meeting, I'll walk in and I'll look at everybody and say, hey, everybody, why are we here? And in unison, they say, to change people's lives. Like, that's our mission. That's why we're here. We're here to help people move better and feel better. Um, my philosophy has always been trained to live, don't live to train, right? It's not about... It's not about the workout, it's about what the workout allows you to do. And so from day one, when I bring somebody on, those are the kind of things we talk about. You know, when I hire staff, it's a six week interview process really. Like if I agree to take you on, and Chad, I'm gonna, we're gonna train you over six weeks, right? And um, we basically have four things we base whether I finally hire you or not. Um, uh, probably 30% is how you get along with our members. You know, they're the, they're our most important asset, and if, if you can't really relate to our members and find out why they're here and and step outside yourself to help them out, like it's not going to work. You know what I mean? That's why we all exist here. Thirty percent is how you get along with the staff, like because you know we're a team, we're a family, and we got to be able to work with each other. We got to be able to have disagreements and talk about them. So, how, what kind of a teammate are you? Um, 30% is like your work ethic. You know, I just, I need you to work. I need you to just want to be here. You got to be passionate about this. If I always have to ask you to like, can you go do that? Like you just, you got to take it upon yourself sure. to have some ownership. 10% is how much you know. I don't really, that's the least thing I care about. Like, do you just want to be here and help? Like, and help people achieve their goals. So um, over the six weeks, I get to know the people pretty well. And, why are they here? You know, if I feel like their motivation is right, then they're going to fit in. Um, but it's something we kind of reinforce all the time. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. Like, what can we do for our members? Like, how one of our, uh, you know, we have uh, 10 kind of core values, and one of them is be the best part of our members' day every day. Like, if we do this, is that being the best part of our members' day? If yes, cool, let's do it. If no, then no, we got to come up with a different way. So. But it's something I think from top down, it's, it, those are things we talk about all the time. That's the only reason we're here. There's so much competition. We have to treat our members better than anybody else treats their members. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but not that this is part of that, but like, you know, that's, that's part of the reason that I, I found myself here is I fought, quote unquote, gym culture for as long as I possibly could. Yeah. Um, because I, I guess I saw so many people checking the box, or I did. I and then I had to do it for so long that I didn't enjoy it. And I come in here and I get to talk to my friends, and they're coaches, but I consider them right. my friends. Right. They're asking how I'm doing. They're asking if I need help. With it. it was a welcome difference from the construction I had in my yeah, mind. Yeah. So um, it's not a hard thing to do. Like, how hard is it? To say, hey, Chad, how you doing? Not that difficult. Not that difficult. You talked about, you know, one of the three things going into like a class like Friday morning. It's people working as hard as they can. How hard is that to get out of people? And do you have any suggestions for the best way to go about it? So uh, if someone is intrinsically motivated, it's not hard to do. Right? You just gotta show them the way, right? If you are trying to extrinsically motivate someone to do it, it's very fleeting. Like you might get them to work hard one day, but it's not gonna last. So I think the key for most folks is 
we have to find some kind of emotional connection to why you're here. I always start when someone comes in the gym first time, you know, they do their assessment. I'm like, what brings you in? Why are you here? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, lean out, whatever. Or, well, why is that important to you, right? Is it you got kids and you want to be there for your kids, right? Is it you had a scare with the doctor? Is it you're huffing and puffing when you get up the flight of stairs? You know what I mean? You have to figure out. You, we call it Jake wearing like so it's called peeling the onion. Like, yeah, that's what you said on the surface, but why is that important to you? Okay, well, why is that an issue? So when you can connect why they're here to some emotional response, that's how they become motivated. If it's just, oh, you only lose 20 pounds, great. Here, let me show you how to do it. It may or may not last. Like, so you have to dig deeper, and that goes back to caring about what you do and finding out more about somebody other than, well, I'm just here to lose weight. Well, where are you from? What's your family like? What do you do for a living? And next time you come in, that stress we talked about is your job. Remember we talked about like maybe just stepping away and breathing. Have you been doing that? Like um, always coming back to the person's goals and trying to tie it into you know overall health and why they're here. So to kind of connect it back. I mean, it's, that sort of fits into what you were saying about hiring someone, right? It, you know, you can know everything there is about every type of deadlift there is, but if you can't connect with that person, you know, that person is obviously much more valuable than right. can connect versus... That's versus why, that. That's why you know, I said it's only 10% on what you know. Like, sure. Do you just care about people? If you care about people and you can relate and talk and engage people, and I'll teach all the exercise stuff you need to know. Like, you can't teach someone to be empathetic. Right. How do you do that? I don't know. Somebody sure. tell me. I wish. I wish yeah. I knew. I got a bunch of students that could benefit <laughs> from it. Um, what's something that you're aware of or you've heard of strength and conditioning coaches doing that just is insane to you? The thing that bothers me the most is, um, and I don't want to make this about CrossFit because I've met some amazing CrossFit coaches, um, but it's the wad mentality, right? The workout of the day. Like, um, I feel like you should train, you should work out, right? A workout is a one-time thing we do just to sweat and maybe blow off some steam. Um, but everyone should train for something, right? If, if, if I want to get stronger, you know what? I can lay out a, a perfect plan and you'll see from A to B how you're going to get stronger. Um, if you just come in and like, oh, well, what are we doing today? I don't know, a bunch of crazy exercises that I threw together. Is that going to get me closer to my goal? Maybe. Like if I knew I wanted to drive to the drug the drugstore, I could get my truck and just start driving around and I might run into it. Uh, it might take me twice as long and I might use up all my gas. But if you tell me you're gonna, you know, go up this road, take a right, and we get stoplight, take a left, it's right there on your left. Okay, that's my most efficient path doing there. Um, so that drives me crazy. Like just random workouts with no rhyme or reason. Um, the other thing that drives me crazy is when um, we throw things at people that they're not ready to handle. Like, if I don't take the time to get to know you, uh, learn about your training history, your injury history, your goals, um, and I don't take the time to find out how you move, how can I give you a, a workout to do? Oh, that's my friend Jay. Oh, come on in, Jay. Here, do this. Like, you have to. It goes back to just caring about what you do and caring about people. Um, 
if through our conversation, oh, you've torn your ACL and you've got a degenerative disc. Well, now I know that you know the workout's going to be a little different. So, I think just the the wad mentality. Let's just see how crazy of a workout we can do, and not taking the time to get to know somebody and figure out what's appropriate for that person. Because not every exercise is appropriate for everybody. All right. For people that quote unquote plateau, they they get into the gym, they start you know, really working out, they get into a good set of habits. And then they sort of hit the plateau. Is what you were alluding to of kind of setting goals and setting something to work towards the number one mistake most people make? Is that if they don't yeah. do that, they just say, oh, I'm working out. It should be working. I think part of it is, is that they don't have a clear goal of why they're training, right? Part of it is uh, not understanding the body's response to exercise. You know, um, there's something called Selye's General Adaptation Syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, right? So if I apply stress to your body, your body will adapt to it, right? Well, if I just keep sending the same stress, pretty soon your, your rate of adaptation levels off. And if I just keep going this, the same stress, there's no more change. People come in and they find a workout they like to do, they got a couple exercises. The first few weeks, first month or two, they're seeing results. They just keep doing the same thing all the time, right? So once they've adapted, they level off, there's going to be no other change. Um, or they like they do one thing, right? Like I spin, right? Or uh, I do Pilates. or Not that there's anything wrong with either of those two disciplines. They're all Any exercise is great, but you can't be a one-trick pony. Because how many different ways you spin? You're pedaling in a circle. Yeah, you can stand up a little bit, you can sit down, you up in tension, down in tension. But you, a program should be more varied. It should be more dynamic, right? It should have a strength component. It should have a cardiovascular component. It should have a recovery component. It should have some kind of metabolic conditioning, you know? People should be training all these things. And if we're doing everything, uh, we're going to see continued improvement for a long time. We just do one thing over and over again you're not going to change. We're probably going to lead to some overuse injuries. Do you have, without ostracizing anyone, a particular success story that you always draw on um, that you'd want to explain, or is every day um, a success story, so to speak? I, I won't say there's probably one in particular, but I will say probably the most rewarding thing and it's happened quite often in this gym and I won't take credit for it, it's the team right? I mean um, but when somebody sends me an email and it's probably happened half a dozen times and say you guys have changed my life because that's how it started I mean, why are we here to change people's lives so when I get email somebody's you have changed my life I was I, you know I, I felt terrible I was tired all the time I was depressed um, I feel unbelievable now I can't understand life is better because I'm able to do more to me there's been several of those stories that I just look back and we always share them in the meeting and I'm just like this is why we do what we do like in the end of your days you like to look back and think man I had some impact on the world yeah like what is my place right now well if I can just help people live a more productive life a more fulfilling life I, I think you know that I can't ask for more than that you know? Perfect. We'll finish with a couple quick hitters here. What do you enjoy most about coaching? 
being able to help people understand that they can get more out of life. You know what I mean? Um, Abraham Lincoln said most folks are about as happy as they choose to be. You know what I mean? So if you're depressed, unless it's you know something chemical, obviously. Sure. But if you're just down, if you're not feeling good about yourself, if you're not feeling very fit, you have chosen to be that way. You have all the power. I don't care all these things. That I didn't do it. I just showed you that it was possible. You did the work. So I think that's the biggest thing is just helping people realize that, man, yeah, you're in control. I'm in control. I can do this. Yeah. That's so fun because Jesse, who did the first one, said the exact same thing. He yeah, said yeah. that, you know, he's never made anybody faster, more fit, anything. Right. You know, I can provide the tools to people to do that. Absolutely. But ultimately, one person decides. Right. If you were to speak to a group of coaches, what would be the biggest piece of advice you gave them? Oh, man. There's probably a lot of things. <laughs> you can limit. Yeah, you can. I'm going to pick one. Um, this is not so more philosophical, but um, back in 98, when I went to my first Vern Gambetta seminar, and he said something, and I said, you know, this sounds really important. I'm going to write it down. So I wrote it down. And here I am over 20, you know, 20 years later, and I still, like all these interns I get, I hammer this thing home, and I'm like, if I really, God, if I would have had this piece of knowledge 30 years ago, I'd have been such a better coach. Uh, it sounds very technical, but it's not. But it's postural alignment and stability is the key to all training. And I said, Mr. Gambetta, can you say that again? Yeah, sure. Postural alignment and stability is the key to all training. In a nutshell, what that means is if we're doing something to someone, we're throwing some kind of force, having them do some action, can they maintain perfect posture and be able to stabilize that? You know, that's the key to getting stronger. Coach lies, what's the key to strength training? Postural alignment and stability. If you have a young guy in the weight room and you put a bar on his back, all of a sudden you change the shape of his spine. You changed his posture. He's not strong enough to stabilize that. So you have overcome the amount of strength he has. We gotta change that so he can maintain perfect posture. All these young coaches, if you just remember that, when you're prescribing an exercise, look at your client. Are they able to maintain postural alignment? If yes, awesome, that's a good exercise for them. If no, you better get in there and change it because when you don't maintain postural alignment, you're gonna get hurt. So while it's not this like philosophical piece of <laughs> information it's the single most important coaching tidbit I always tell the kids like I just had an intern from ODU it was like 400 hours with me I'm like if you only remember one thing <laughs> from this internship be that postural alignment stability is a key to all training so I think it's the most important piece of knowledge that young That's coaches awesome. need